Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. They knock me out of the series. You know, I don't even get a chance to play with my teammates and battle with my teammates in the series. All right, well, that was Mark Scheifele earlier today. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. 134 in Edmonton. We're going to go straight off to our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Pay no overtime rates on their 24-7 service repairs. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. John, I know you would have seen the comments by now from Mark Scheifele. They knocked me out of the series. Uh, I, I will tell you that a lot of consternation from some of the listeners to the show saying Mark should be maybe looking in the mirror, but most people on that one, I think that think that NHL Department of Player Safety got it right. Were you surprised by some of Shifley's comments today, John Shannon? Uh, I, I was a little bit uh, taken aback by them, uh, and, and let me assure you uh, that the people at Player Safety uh, have big ears. Uh, and they they invariably have seen, heard them and, and seen Shifley online as well, uh, and will file it away uh, and for for future reference uh, in a time when uh, Shifley does something else stupid. If he doesn't do anything else stupid like he did, then there's no issue. But uh, the moment uh, the, the moment that he does something silly and has to go in front of player safety before. Uh, again, rather, he's he's going to be replayed those comments uh, from today's press conference in Winnipeg because part of part of the job of a four-game suspension uh, is uh, y- you know you're supposed to learn a lesson from it, and I'm not sure I'm not sure anything that Mark said today would show that he learned any lessons. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like uh, when the police are ticketing for speeding. Yeah. And, and you're at 97 in an 80 zone. T- 20 years ago, you might have been able to talk your way out of that. Today, you don't. <laughs> you know or, 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 or you got the ticket, you're back in your car, the policeman's back in his car, and you're you're going get, you're getting back on the white bed and, you, and, and the white mud and you uh, spin your tires and squeal rubber. You know, I mean, it's not the right thing to do, Bob. Yes, and uh, let's just say some of us have have mellowed with each of that. Well, I'm, but, glad, I'm glad I'm glad you have. I'm, well, that's good. John, to be honest with you, I never drove a good enough car until I was about forty that could actually speed, so I didn't have to worry about it until then. <laughs> Uh, no, it was. I found that to be quite interesting. All right, lots of different things to get to, and uh, we do have Stuart Skinner, John, coming up at one forty-five, and, okay. uh, and that's an interesting place because uh, I believe Edmonton's going to go seven, three, and one for expansion, uh, and I think Skinner's going to be the goalie the Oilers end up protecting because they can, of course, sign Mike Smith to an extension after the the. Uh, expansion draft. Uh, could you foresee a scenario in which Edmonton protects Stuart Skinner? Well, I think that makes the most sense. Uh, when you think that you only have Miko Koskinen under control for one more year, uh, and you, in theory, could have uh, m- more control for, uh, for Skinner, and, and and quite honestly, I think that the time that, they, uh, that this team has invested in Skinner, how he's played in Bakersfield, 
I think that that makes the most logical sense if the team does go three, uh, seven, three, and one. Yes. We have people saying, why would Edmonton sign Adam Larson before the expansion draft? Because I think it's a possibility that does get consummated before then. Uh, do you think it matters whether or not? I mean, I mean, I, I guess I, we have some people that want to protect Caleb Jones. Um, didn't play much as the season wore on this year here at Edmonton. How do you see that scenario? Uh, I, I think, first of all, I, I have not been part of the negotiation, so I don't know what Adam <laughs> Dagent and Kenny have uh, have agreed to. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, there is a if you know there could be a, a bit of a shell game, Bob. Sure. In theory, that you agree, you agree to, in principle to a deal. Um, and then let the expansion draft happen, uh, and then sign him the next day. You could do that, sure. But is 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 there risk to that? I suppose there's risk to that, unless you have unbelievable trust in the player and the agent. Uh, I also think it's probably uh, a good sign of uh, of uh, loyalty to Adam Larson too that you're going to sign him and put him on your protected list. Yeah, that's that's so from, right. from that, I mean, I, I, I think that's, quite frankly, that's between Kenny and what the agents are going to be able to do to try to figure out what's best for both Larson and the team. All right. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are playing with a $98 million team right now. It's within the rules at this time. Do you think it's something that gets reevaluated carrying forward in the future? With what I don't trans- know how it can with the CBA already done and extended for four more years beyond the two. So uh, there would have to be agreement on both the Players Association side and the league side uh, on how to find a way to, to get it uh, get it changed. What I would suggest is that there's, there might be more vigilance by the league on medical clearances and uh, and third party uh, third party medical reports at some point, but right, I don't think you can go and alter the the, the CBA now, Bob, uh, simply because uh, I don't think the owners are prepared to give anything up in order to do that uh, with the players' association. Because what the players are so, what the PA will want back, Bob, what the PA would want back is something that uh, is going to haunt them for the, for six years at least, and that is the escrow issue, and there's no way the league's giving up on the escrow issue. Our NHL insider is John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling, paying overtime rates on their 24-7 service repairs. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. All right, let's get to a couple of series that are taking place right now. Are you surprised that Vegas has punched back as hard as they have here against Colorado? No. Um, no, I'm not. I, I, I truly believe that uh, the anomaly of Game 1 was basically a white flag by Kelly McCrimmon and Pete DeBoer, knowing full well their team was exhausted after the series against Minnesota. They needed Robin Leonard to play a game just to make sure that if, in fact, Fleury did get hurt, that Leonard had seen a bit of action. Um, they had two days off of rest after that. Uh, and, uh, and then, and then it was, it was everything, uh, everything that was going to happen between two teams that had 80 points this season. The one thing I would say, Bob, and I, 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 I'm on the record saying it over the last couple of days, I was shocked at Jared Bednar's response. Me too. To the way he t- his team played in game three, which was their first loss. He basically put everybody on the carpet, threw them under the carpet, 
that criticized all the stars. And I'm not sure, after a President's Trophy year and six consecutive victories until that loss, that was the right way to handle any of your players in 2021. And that, that, that really bothered me, the way Jared did that. Uh, and uh, I wonder if that has had some sort of ramifications for his hockey club. Well, it's funny, right after game one, people are talking, you know, oh, well, there's Nathan McKinnon. Look what he's done in the playoffs. Connor McDavid hasn't done that. Nathan's the best player in the world. And now he's gone through, and he's a great player. He's top five player in the world. Nobody would ever debate that. But he's been held off the score sheet for three straight games. And that's a team that tends to be able to come at you a wave, so it's a little bit surprising. John, Boston and uh, the New York Islanders, you know what? Uh, Barry Trotz, Lou Lamarillo, that's a pretty good combination. And Bruce Cassidy, speaking about guys maybe speaking, uh, he went down the officiating path and talked about the respect that uh, that the management coaching staff of the angelic uh, New York Islanders have. Uh, what do you think of that? Well, it's, you know what? It's 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 good. Uh, you know, good fodder for the for the mill. I mean, I I mean, I like it when guys get emotional. He, you know, he paid the the twenty five thousand dollar fine for it. It may prove to be worth it. It may not. Uh, if if the Islanders and I, I, Lou is one of the classiest guys in the game. If the Islanders were really kind of cheeky, uh, you know, they would uh, skate out tonight in the warm up to when the Saints go marching in. Uh, so, but uh, but I don't think I don't think that'll happen at this point unless the fans the fans on the island may sing it. That's how that's how vocal they have been. Um, but you know, the Bruins are pretty banged up. Uh, they, you know, they have enough guys that are are not going to play tonight. Not even travel to uh, to Long Island for Game Six. That you have to wonder. And that said, if I have Brad Marchand, you know, David Pasternak, and Patrice Bergeron on my team, uh, I I think I still have a chance. You had John Davidson on your show with Bob McCowan on your podcast. And how can people access that? Apparently, it's number one in Antigua. Is that correct? Number no, we're usually number one in Barbados and Chile. Okay. We're number one, in, we're huge in we're huge in the hockey market in Chile. That's uh, something that we're very proud of. There we go. Uh, that's because that's because everybody knows that you and Bob were not big fans of Pinochet back in the day. So anyhow, uh, I, well, I digress. Pinochet. <laughs> I was going to say, who did he play for? But that would be kind of tacky. So. Yeah. Well, uh, anyhow, uh, so let's let's cut to the chase here. You had John Davidson on the show. Did he give you yeah. any? Uh, are they going to go to a long-term rebuild? What do you think they're going to do there? Well, he admitted they're in a rebuild, um, you know, and, and he also talked, uh, you know, he says they've got lots of work to do. They, you know, with a, a team with three first-round picks uh, in the uh, in the summer draft, um, they've got to, they've got lots of work to do. Their biggest issue, from a player perspective, is uh, what to do with Seth Jones. Uh, his expectation was that uh, Jones would be in training camp in September, uh, and uh, that uh, and I think that they were hopeful. The fact that John is back in Columbus uh, and Yarmo Kekalainen and uh, Seth Jones and his people can come to some sort of agreement. They were they were going to do it. They were going to try to make sure that they get a get a chance to offer Jones something, but there was no guarantee. Okay, great stuff, John. How could people access that podcast? 
It is on uh, all your regular uh, podcast uh, platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It's always up there right beside Oilers Now. I can tell you that right now. Awesome stuff. Thanks, John. Take care. Okay, Bob. Bye-bye. But that's John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. It is 145 in Edmonton. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation, Mediterranean chicken. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Get back with uh, Oilers goaltending prospect, Stuart Skinner, when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Welcome back, everybody. It is 147 in Edmonton. Our next guest uh, helped the Bakersfield Condors win the Pacific Division championship this season in the uh, American Hockey League. He ended up going on the year 29-1 and with a 2.38 goals against average, 9.14 save percentage. He won the most games in the American Hockey League this season and uh, also got his first NHL start as well. We welcome back to the show, Stuart Skinner. Stuart, it's Bob. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. How was this, how would you assess the season? How cool of an experience was it to to get into your first NHL game and uh, and how did you think the year went overall for you? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, being up with the with the Oilers was a fantastic experience for me. Uh, it helped me really grow and learn just kind of how the NHLers go about their day every single day and how hard they work and you know what it really takes to you know be uh, be a good NHL player. Uh, I think for me, being able to watch Miko and Mike Smith, I think was uh, big for me just to see their work ethic and their attention to detail. And I think bringing that back to Bakersfield was, uh, you know, was really big for me uh, just to bring that, bring all that knowledge back down uh, to Baco and, you know, just try to do my best to win some games. Was there something about your group down in the HL this year collectively that gave you you know, I mean, you won a lot of a lot of close games, a lot of games in overtime. Uh, I think both games against San Diego, the opening round in overtime. Like, what was it that allowed you guys to win those tight hockey games? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's huge that we had an unbelievable group of guys. I think that's I think you know when you when you look on teams that uh, win championships. I know like when I won back in Swifty, it was a very tight tight group that uh, you know the guys just really cared about each other, and that was pretty that was, that was the same same thing we had this year in Bakersfield. I think the guys you know we really came close together. Um, you know, even through a crazy year that we had this year, I think it was. Uh, Obviously, uh, not the greatest situation being, uh, you know, playing in the in COVID COVID time, no fans for the first little bit, and going through all the procedures. I think it um, it uh, you know it can either uh, you know break a team or you know make them a little bit closer. And I think for our team, we uh, we got really close during that time, and um, just being able to come out of that uh, with the season that we had was 
you know, we're very grateful for that. Stuart, you made a, a considerable improvement in your save percentage last year to this year in the American Hockey League. Were there certain technical things you worked on, certain mental approaches, combination of both? What do you think it is that helped you progress? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both just because every single year you're, you know, you're getting better mentally, you're getting better physically, technically, uh, whatever you want to call it. So I think just every year you progress as a, as a player and also as a person. And I think, um, you know, growing up a little bit for me and, uh, recognizing, um, you know, just how the AHL is and, you know, how to prepare yourself, how to go into games, um, you know, mentally also, um, you know, with the attention to detail that, that every, every single player puts in, um, I think is, uh, just something that I've learned over the, the last few years, um, uh, playing pro, and I think um, I think that's just been a huge help with all the experience that I got in the ECHL and last year in the AHL. I think it's uh, just a lot of hard work and uh, just trying to get better every single day. Now, you know, it's it's interesting because different positions, there's a different time frame, uh, Stuart, in terms of getting the opportunity to come to the National Hockey League. Like usually forwards, maybe they only need a year and a half or two years. Sometimes defense need you know, two and a half to, to, to three years in the minors. Goaltending's a little bit different route. You don't really know what you got with the goalie until he's sometimes 25, 26, 27. Is it tough to be patient when you're chomping at the bit when you want that opportunity to get to the next level? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, of course it's tough to um, just be waiting, but at the same time, it's uh, for some people, it's the best thing for them, right? I mean, there's uh, so many stories out there, um, you know, guys that are playing now and Stanley Cup champions, just like Jordan Bennington. Obviously, everybody's heard of his story. And, uh, you know, obviously a few more guys, uh, Vanacek and Nadelkovic, obviously. And there's, uh, there's a lot of stories about guys taking a little bit longer as a goaltender. And, um, you know, I think it just depends who you are as a person. I mean, uh, obviously, there's the Carter Hearts um, out in the world that can, you know, take a step right away. And some guys that take a little bit longer. So it's, um, you know, it just, just really depends on your development. And um, I think being patient is a, is a huge part of it because uh, you don't want to rush yourself um, to get to that opportunity. Cause when you get there, you know, you only have so much opportunity to stay. So I think uh, being patient with yourself, letting yourself grow as a person, also as a, as a player or goalie in this case. And um, hopefully the time, when the time comes, you're ready for it and you're ready to stay. Do you think you'll ever be able to handle a puck as well as a guy like Mike Smith? Um, I don't know. That's tough. He's uh, he's quite an elite uh, puck handler. Um, I mean, I, I've watched a lot of his highlights just on puck handling, just to kind of take a few things uh, away from his game that I could possibly put into mind. But um, I don't know if I'll ever be good, as good as him. He's uh, he's definitely very confident with the puck, but uh, who knows? We'll see. It's the other thing with Mike, uh, for me, uh, Stuart, is just the conditioning level. Like, it's off the charts. Like, I started to get fat, well, basically at your age, at 22. But he, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like I, the guy is in incredible shape for a 39-year-old guy. Like, he's just shredded. And I think that that's part of the reason. There's aspects in terms of, yes, he's got the competitiveness, but you can't play at that age as well. He had one of the greatest years ever for a 39-year-old goalie in NHL history. And I think you'd agree. I mean, it's it's pretty tough not to want to work when you see the sort of conditioning and uh, work rate that he puts in as a, as a goaltender in terms of preparing on a day to day basis. Absolutely, it's been uh, it's inspiring to watch. Um, 
obviously at my age i'm 22 uh he's a little bit older than me and being able to watch him in the gym and being able to see what he does i mean that's that's an incredible opportunity for me to really watch him so that i could you know hopefully play as long as i can so he obviously knows what to do i mean he is in phenomenal shape uh he's very strong very flexible uh he's uh he's able to get in those weird positions that us goalies tend to have to be in um and he's strong in those positions and i think just being able to watch him watching his day-to-day and how he takes care of himself i mean he puts a lot of detail into that as, as you would have to um at that age and I think that's uh, that's really it's it's a great opportunity for me to just watch that so that I could hopefully have just as long as a career as he has and obviously perform as well as he has because I mean yeah just like you said he's 39 and he's uh, he had an unbelievable year I mean it, it was incredible to watch so. All right, one final one for you. The season's over. You win the championship. Uh, your division was the only division that elected to play, which says something about you guys. And it might not have been necessarily the most popular decision for some players in some other divisions. But let me ask you this. The year's over. Uh, do you sit down? Is the conversation with Jay Woodcroft? Is, uh, you know, Sylvain Rodrigue part of the, Like, what gets said in terms of, you know what, Stuart, this is what we need you to work on. Do you have that conversation in terms of what you need to do to continue to improve so you can push for an NHL spot in the future? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, you know, during those exit meetings with Jay, um, Keith, and uh, and Sly, for my case as a goalie, um, yeah, it was a lot of, you know, conversation just about, you know, it was a good year. Um, it's great to pat yourself on the back uh, for a couple seconds, and then it's time to get right back to work and uh, raise the bar and, you know, work even that much harder. Um, you know, I, I had a, a decent year uh, in, the, in the sense of playing in the AHL, and we were able to win a championship, and we had a great team with uh, with some amazing guys. Um and just being able to bring that into this summer and thinking, okay, what's the next level I got to be at? What do I have to do in order to get to the, make the jump to the NHL? And I think that's, um, that's something that obviously everyone wants to do. Um, you know, everyone's dream is to play in the NHL. So, um, I'm just looking, looking for ways for myself to get, uh, mentally better, physically better, uh, better trained, um, you know, whatever I can do in order to come in next year and, um, you know, hopefully take a spot. So, um, no, that's a conversation every single year, you know, after every year, you're going to have a conversation, even when you're in the NHL of, you know, what are ways we can get better, um, in order to win the cup. So I think, uh, I think everyone has those kinds of conversations. Great stuff. Appreciate your time and we'll stay in touch. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You bet. That's Stuart Skinner joining us. Uh, had a tremendous year this year for the Oilers organization in Bakersfield. Real step forward again, 29-1, led the American Hockey League in wins, 2.38 goals against average, 914 save percentage. As we go to list day in Oilers history, back in the 630 Chad Studios, the one and only Brendan Escott, and it has to do with uh, – one of my favorite Oilers of all time. Legendary defenseman Paul Coffey inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame alongside Ray Bork, Larry Murphy, and Cliff Fletcher on this day in 2004. Uh, Coffey's 669 points as an Oilers defenseman between 80 and 87, nearly double Kevin Lowe's 384, and he won three Stanley Cups with Edmonton before he was sent to Pittsburgh in the summer of 1987. 
Dave Campbell is guest hosting Inside Sports tonight. Brendan, who does he got? Uh, you will hear from Kelly Rudy for sure, uh, GM and executive golf pro from the Ranch Golf and Country Club, Murray McCourt, and uh, Edmonton Elks defensive end, Kwaku Botang. And we will tell you, we'll be back at her tomorrow. Full bore for you. Uh, we've got the big man, Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet. Kevin Weeks for the NHL Network for Canadian Power Pack. Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, solar. George LaRock, Edmonton sporting icon, Montreal-based media personality. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3 today. 6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen and I shall have more uh, ongoing coverage of Alberta's situation on the vaccination front, where we're at, and whether we indeed fully open, well, not fully, but uh, phase two kicks in tomorrow. Stay safe, everybody. So long. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.